You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans. Welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your ears. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews, back for another week of discussing those wonderful Toronto Blue Jays as we so often do. Uh, I am not alone in today's instance of recording. I do have a co-host with me. She's just probably going to be very silent as she lays on top of the station where I'm doing this recording. Isn't that right, Jasmine? There she is. I don't know if that came through on the recording, but uh, Jasmine's decided that, you know, she she's going to operate the board while I discuss today's topics with you all. Um, we're going to talk in the latter half about the MLB draft, since that's tonight. Uh, Blue Jays have the 12th pick in that draft, and there, there are a couple ways they can go with it. Some interesting ways. We'll discuss those in the latter half. But um, I want to start with the weekend series against Detroit. Another series loss for the Blue Jays. Two of three on the road against a team that is not very good. Um, the usual problems were on display in this series. Um Jaime Garcia had an absolutely trailer truck fire kind of start. I, I had to go stronger than dumpster fire. Cause like when you only go an inning in two thirds and you give up more hits than you get outs, that's not good as a starter. So all the goodwill from Philadelphia gone. Uh, Jaime Garcia is back on the dumpster list and then Saturday Saturday's game where they were so close like it was it was 4-4 heading into it and then another bullpen arm just blew apart uh this time it was Sung Juan Oh again allowing five base runners and only getting two outs it it was a depressing thing to watch it, it was almost carbon copy of the Oakland series like the Blue Jays were just finding new ways to lose um but you could also blame the offense in that one, because outside of Jan Hervis Salarte and Luke Maley, there was absolutely nothing getting done at the plate by Blue Jays batters. But then Sunday, Sunday, oh, I admittedly didn't watch Sunday because I was with my loving partner. And it turns out I shouldn't watch games because everything worked pretty much for the Blue Jays on Sunday. And we want to talk about those things today. We want to talk about the positives on the Monday edition, the Monday Musings edition of Locked on Blue Jays, because Mondays need positivity. And we finally got some from the Blue Jays on Sunday. And let's start with a much maligned guy in the Blue Jays realm of 2018, Randall Grichuk. Um, it didn't look good at the start. That double play in the third was... A disappointing, but off the bullpen of the Tigers, a very weak bullpen, admittedly. Uh, Grichuk went off. He cracked a double off Warwick Sopold, who has been Detroit's primary mop-up guy. And then in the eighth inning off of Zach Reininger, he hit his third home run of the season. It barely squeaked out, but... 
the Blue Jays are going to take him however they can get him. Um, and and I know it's a pitcher who has a 12 ERA, but to see Randall Grichuk actually make that contact and and round the bases, it it was it was heartening as a Blue Jays fan for a guy who was batting a 0.99. You he was a discount at Dollarama for his batting average, and to see him be able to come through like that with some solid extra base hits, some solid power. That that is something that Blue Jays fans have been waiting to see since they got him from St. Louis, and the and the fact that you know it came in the bottom of the order. Grichuk and Aledmus Diaz both came back in this Detroit series, and Diaz looked like he was he was hitting better. But the fact that both of them want to combine four for eight on Sunday and and provided some offense at the bottom of the lineup that's been a black hole with the with the slump of Luke Maley before Saturday's game with Gio Urshela being trotted out there with with Devin Travis still kind of finding his feet coming back to major league level to see production from the bottom of the lineup was huge and you couple that with Justin Smoke's big day he went three for five um it it looked like parts of the offense were finally moving forward and clicking. And I was I was really worried I was gonna have to talk about another sweep on this show. But thankfully, uh two main two main factors meant I didn't have have to do it. One was the offense, again, led led by Grichuk and Smoke, and I'm very happy for Grichuk. I wanna see him succeed here because he plays very good defense in the outfield. I don't want him to be a worse Jason Hayward. But perhaps the bigger story for Blue Jays fans, not just the offense was going, because, you know, the offense is going to tee off on AAA pitchers. I'm sorry, Detroit, that's what you have in your bullpen outside of Louis Coleman and Shane Green. And you're probably trading Shane Green, so, you know, deal with it. No, the bigger story to come out of Sunday's game was a semi-return to form for Aaron Sanchez. Um, Sanchez pitched six innings. He needed 100 pitches to get through those six innings, so the pitch count is still a little high, but but he looked very good. I, I say looked. Again, I was not able to watch this game, but he looked like he was in control. He only gave up two hits. Still walked three batters, but but he was he was working he was working to play he was he was challenging hitters from the looks of it and that again that's something we've harped on on this podcast is seeing Aaron Sanchez have more faith in his stuff and and not not being afraid to come into the strike zone on hitters you kind of saw it uh, in the series, in the series against Boston, he was he was coming at them, but you know he was. It's Boston. They have some good hitters on that team, and they were just knocking it around the park. But against a team like Detroit, you can go after a lot of these guys. You can go after guys like Iglesias and Rodriguez and Jacoby Jones, and and you can ch- make these guys try and hit you. you. They're they're a team using a guy named Nico Goodrum as their fifth batter that's that's the kind of team they're running out there right now so it's a it's a lineup that you should be able to challenge you should be able to overpower and it looked like Aaron Sanchez was able to do that will he be able to 
bring this forward into into the upcoming games that will remain to be seen i believe he gets baltimore in his next start so yeah he should be overpowering baltimore i think a little league team could overpower baltimore outside of manny machado at this point and you just walk machado and then you're all right so to see sanchez get back to that to to look like the guy who the Blue Jays determined was the best of their pitching prospects back in 2012. That was a good sign. So a, a bunch of positivity from that, from that Sunday game. It was tempered a little bit. Um, Danny Barnes still looks lost. Uh, again, I, I wondered on Twitter if he, he might've been a bit wrecked when he got demoted uh, during the Cleveland doubleheader. And and again, it it just looks like he doesn't have any confidence in what he's doing on the mound, and and it's showing in the results. He only got one out, um, walked a batter, gave up a hit, and then and then Aaron Loop gave up the hits to score those runs. So a bit of bad luck for Barnes, but he's still putting too many runners on. He's not looking like the guy who was so dominant earlier in the season. Like I'm not. I'm not sure uh, what Danny can really do. Like it, it, it wasn't like he was being able to overpower those guys in the eighth inning. But I'm, I'm not sure. I don't think there are the arms to really say Danny's going to spend the rest of the year in Buffalo. I think he's going to have to figure this out at a major league level, and it's probably better he does figure it out at the major league level. But coming back to the positives, after Barnes and Loop got nothing done, um, Ryan Tapera came in and just shut that down. And I don't know if coming into the eighth inning may have helped him, but he was dominant in the ninth. Tapera strikeouts and, and the ground out there. So Tapera looked good at the end, too. So that all sorts of positive signs for the Blue Jays um, coming out of that Sunday game. Will they go? Will they hold going forward? Experience over the past month says no, because the Blue Jays didn't win a back-to-back game in May. So let's see what they can do against the Yankees, and you know maybe we can push this forward a little bit and and try try to get a win streak. Outside of that, we just want a single win streak because we haven't seen that from them. I'm I'm not expecting it. CC Sabatia have been pushed back a couple days by the Yankees to go today against Toronto. Uh, Marco Estrada counters him. Need to see better out of Marco than we've seen. Like I know you're facing Boston, but New York's not any easier. So there needs to be some kind of pro- progression out of Marco Estrada. We'll we'll see if that comes against the Yankees on Tuesday. But I I'm not holding my breath. Let's say that I'm. I'm more positive about the Wednesday game between Sammy G and Sonny Gray, the the battle of the SG initials. So let's, I'm my ex- excitement is tempered a little bit, but we will press on and talk about some more potential positive things in the upcoming MLB draft right after this. We are back. Jasmine is excited. We are going to talk about the MLB draft. Um, so yeah, Blue Jays have the 12th overall pick in the first round. 
of the 2018 MLB draft that goes later today in beautiful Secaucus, New Jersey, Walla Walla, Washington of the East. 12th pick is high for the Blue Jays considering, you know, they had playoff runs and playoff success. So it's the highest they picked in a few years. And there are a couple of ways that they've been looking at at going with this draft. Now, in preparation for this show, I looked at MLB.com's mock draft and both their writers, um, Jonathan Mayo and Jim Callis, both projected bats for Toronto. And I'm not sure how much I agree with that because in talking with Ryan Miller last week, um, it became clear that there were some strong pitching prospects in the organization for Toronto, but not, not as many as you'd like as like those, those guys who you're like, okay, this guy is going to be good in the majors. There's a lot of, this guy could be good. So in my opinion, I would like to see the blue Jays go after more pitching help. And I've highlighted a couple, couple names that I think would be decent picks for, the Blue Jays, and I'll discuss it with you now. And of and of course, if you got if y'all out there have any other suggestions, I'd I'd love to talk about them with you on Twitter uh, after the show. So if if you have any ideas, shoot them at me, and we'll we'll see what way the Blue Jays go. But I'll I'll begin with the bats because again, um, in looking at the MLB draft, that's where Mayo and Callis uh, go for it. Um, Jonathan Mayo gives the Blue Jays Nolan Gorman. He's a third baseman from Phoenix out of high school. Uh, he has the potential to be a power bat. I'm not sure I like the Blue Jays getting another infielder. And they're pumping up the power stats of this kid. He's a he's a lefty at bat. He he won the home the high school home run derby in Miami last year. Um, so he, he's been a guy who can crank, batted 421 as a senior, but with, with power bats like that, and and maybe the best comp for Gorman is Rowdy Telez, who, you know, was this power threat. They got him late. He was he was supposed to be this guy who could you could step in and hit 25 home runs. He hasn't been able to translate that power at AAA level, and that's where I'm a bit iffy on on taking high school power threats, you you need to see how they develop against stiffer competition. And, and for Gorman, a kid who's coming out of Arizona, yeah, he can, he can hit those, those meatballs over the plate, but I, I would like to see him, you know, against stiffer competition. You're not going to get that at the level he's at. So I, I actually would like Gorman to follow through on his commitment to go to Arizona and then see, see how he does at the college level. The other bat that was mentioned by Jim Callis is the wonderfully named Travis Swaggerty. He's an outfielder from South Alabama. He's more ready, obviously, coming out of university. He he's a guy. He's a lefty bat who hits for average. Um, he hit 356 as a sophomore. He hit 296 as a junior, but he's got a 455 on base percentage. Um, 13 home runs in 57 games. So he's another guy who could translate, translate power and, and his, his ability to hit a little more easier, I think, than a high school bat. So I'd be more okay with, 
a Travis Swaggerty coming in, an outfield type with with that ability to get on. That'll that'll depend on the progression of Toronto's outfield, of course, with guys like Alford and and T Oscar there. There there's a slot available for swag for a guy like Swaggerty to if he makes a quick rise through the system. But yeah, at this point, I'm looking for for guys to help the team in the next couple years try and come up and and help you know the the projected core of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and and Bo Bichette and guys like that. And I think you know again, this is me personally thinking, but I I think the bigger help would be in the bullpen. Now the guy I would love to see fall to Toronto is Ryan Weathers. He follows the Blue Jays drafting strategy to a T. He's the son of a former major leaguer, uh, in this case, veteran reliever Dave Weathers at a, at a good run with Milwaukee in the late 90s, early 2000s. He's a Mr. Baseball winner as a high schooler in Tennessee, he's National Baseball Player of the Year. He He's a lefty. In 76 innings, he had a 0.09 ERA and 148 strikeouts and just 10 walks. This is a guy who, you know, again, following the trend of what the Blue Jays have done, he's learned about the game from his dad. He has that mental fortitude to be in the game. And he's, as a lefty, he's, he's got a kind of control that you, you don't, really see this early from from like higher tier guys at, at the MLB draft there's usually like uh he's he's a little wild but we can work on Weathers looks ready he, he's obviously going to need some time to acclimatize to pro baseball if he does go with whatever team drafts him he did commit to Vanderbilt but whatever whatever team gets him if they can convince him to forego college he has a chance to rise very quickly especially given that he knows a lot about the game already. I would love to have him in Toronto because even if he didn't stick as a starter, as a lefty guy out of the pen, he could be like easily the the new Brett Cecil. I I think he can be better than that. I think he can be a lefty starter just given the way he's been stretched out and, and been, been able to pitch again. You, you never know with these high school guys, you'd have to see the transition, but I would be very excited to get Ryan Weathers into the club. Now, knowing that given his performance, it's possible he won't be there. I believe Mayo and Callis both had him gone. Callis had him going seventh to San Diego. Um, Mayo had him 11th to Baltimore, which I would hate. But a fallback guy uh, for the Blue Jays could be a guy like Ryan Rollison. He's a lefty out of Old Miss. He he's been a starter. He made 16 starts this season for Old Miss. 3.70 ERA, but he's holding opponents to a batting average of 2.35. He's he's getting a lot of strikeouts this season, which is good. Um, the walks are a little high for Rollison. He's got 45 walks for 97 innings, so about a walk every two innings. Not great, but. He's he's a guy who's shown stuff as a lefty starter. Again, we're 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 kind of focused on these lefty starters. I guess I guess just in following Jay Happ and what he's been able to do. Rollison 
I think is a guy who can grow into it. This is only his second season as a starter at Ole Miss. He was in the bullpen um, for the first half of his freshman year. But again, he's he's a guy who, even if he doesn't project out as a starter, once he gets into the minor league system, he's a guy who can give you that Brett Cecil like two innings out of the pen. I want to see the Blue Jays have have more guys like that. I mean, it's it's nice they've been able to fill this bullpen this season with guys like John Axford and Sunquano and Tyler Clippard, but you need to be able to develop those guys if you want to have success, if you want to be able to to play the the shuttle shuttle game like the Yankees do. Um and a guy like Rollison is used to it. Yeah, he can follow Nate Pearson and, and try and make that, that relatively quick rise up. And again, I, I want to see more pitchers that I can be excited about in this Blue Jays offseason. It's, it's, I'm not focusing on guys named Ryan, I swear. But I want to see more pitchers, especially from the left-handed side, that I can be a little more excited about. Again, when I'm talking with Miller last week, he highlighted that Danny Young could rise through the Blue Jays organization just because he's a lefty. I, I want to see more of those. And I, I'd like to see the Blue Jays lean that way. I've seen Shane McClanahan as another possibility for the Blue Jays, a lefty from South Florida. But he also has some command issues. His fastball is really good. But again, he's a guy who might might project more as a bullpen guy. At least with Rollison, you get a shot at getting a starter so that that's what i want to see from the blue jays in this draft but again if you have different opinions let me know um you can follow me on twitter at neoac18 that's n-e-o-a-c-1-8 follow the podcast at locked on jays subscribe to it on itunes or google play if you haven't done so already if you're just relying on my tweets to to get this podcast i i would subscribe it's safer um But yeah, today was an episode filled with hope. And even though Jasmine saw it fit to depart before this podcast was over, um, there's still hope on this side of the microphone. So carrying that forward, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Locked on Blue Jays. Again, I'm your host, Ryan Andrews, and y'all take care.